Welcome to Freelance Sucks. Here we discuss the dark side of freelancing about which nobody usually talks out loud. In this show, we speak with experienced freelancers, and I'm sure listening to their stories helps you prepare for freelancers' challenges. My name is Yuri. I'm a community builder at Code Control and 9am.works, and my guest is Vanessa Roth, a freelancer sourcer who helps recruiters to find best talents and is passionate about elevating the standard of sourcing globally. So welcome, Vanessa. Excellent. Thank you for having me on your show, Yuri. It's great to be here. Super happy to talk to you. You're such an experienced person. I really crave for your experience. And the first question is, what is the most challenging part of being a freelancer for you? So I think I've been very fortunate. So I think there are two potential problems, but I've been very fortunate that I've had too much work because what I do as a freelancer is very, very unique. So Basically, I'm a talent sourcing trainer. So I train recruiting teams how to find talent more effectively and more efficiently than their competitors. And literally last year, I got to the point where I had a five-month waiting list for my training. So that was a massive problem for me, and it resulted in me having to build an online academy, which I did at Mm -hmm. the beginning of this year. So the most common problem that I hear from fellow freelancers is maintaining a sensible level or balance of work that they're dealing with because i think it can be the traditional feast or famine you know Mm -hmm. so too much work or too little work so i think that that's the most common problem but mine has been too much until i had to put measures in place to alleviate that which is i'm very fortunate to have had that problem i I do acknowledge that i'm not moaning um but yeah it wasn't healthy to be working 12 13 14 hours a day with a family yeah yeah i feel like it's really a good problem to deal with definitely for sure but once again you know i feel like it's always this question like should i do more should i work more i feel like freelancers it's hard for them it's not like okay it's Mm. five o'clock i'm done you know it's it's always with you keep working you keep there you're still there and i i had conversation with freelancers who like oh i'm working remotely so i'm a computer always near me even during weekend I can go and do something because idea come into my mind. And yes. I feel like that's exactly what differs freelancers from uh, uh, usual workers. And but also little... freelancers love what they do. And that's why they're a freelancer. So for them, it doesn't always seem like work, right? Hopefully. That's a problem. Yeah. <laughs> Hopefully. <laughs> and, and you told that you are doing unique things. So how did you find your uniqueness? Um. So, so I realized that locally, where I'm based, I'm in South Africa, that recruiters were still recruiting of the traditional methods, which means mm. that they were only using LinkedIn and job boards. So I thought this was a South African problem. So I knew that I could start my training in South Africa and you know help people locally to get better at where they're finding talent. What I didn't realize is this is actually a global problem. Mm. So I think mine was a little bit more luck than actual, you know, a lot of preparing and planning and studying the markets kind of thing. So when COVID hit, my business was only a couple of months old. Then it didn't matter where I was training teams. So I could then be training teams all over the world because it didn't matter where your trainer was based. Mm -hmm. And that was amazing for me. Um, So I think it's about listening to people and figuring out what are their pain points and what are their problems. So I went to a recruiting conference here in uh, Johannesburg in South Africa, and I heard people battling to find talent. And then I knew the time was right because I was already talent sourcing in non-traditional methods. So you've got to listen and Mm -hmm. see what is the problem and how can you solve that problem. 
but to listen, you have to talk to people. And I know that many influencers are facing this problem that they are working remotely or by themselves. They do not have communities around. They do not have people around and they just, you know, live in their own bubble. And from what I hear from your story, that it's good to go out there to show off, to tell the world that you are a freelancer, that you are doing something. And that's exactly how you can get these ideas to understand what to continue doing. Absolutely. It, it is about you You have to, I mean, you could, I suppose you could listen online and you could look at forums and you could look at comments on social platforms, but it's not as powerful as, you know, even just talking to your existing client base, you know, what else, what else could you help them solve? You know, what are their problems? It's about having conversations. One of the best bits of advice I got when I started my own business five years ago was 60 and 60. And mm -hmm. it was 60 coffees in 60 days with people mm. in the industry. So you get a feel of where the industry's at and where you can add value. I didn't do it. I did a lot of it. Um, and I did 60 in about 30 days because I was in a hurry. <laughs> um, but it was a really good exercise. Yeah, I, I, I heard we had a conversation with Brie Lever and she told me that she when she started her career, she did it very much the same, but she had 100 coffees. So basically, it's yeah, it's... So please go out there, have coffees with people, talk to them because people are amazing. You can learn from yeah. them. And uh, I'm curious, except for the job itself, except for training um, recruiters, what is the most, oh, God damn it, not challenging. What is the most time consuming thing you must deal with? So anything that's too time consuming, I actually try and automate it, to be mm. honest, because no one wants to be doing, I mean, I don't think freelancers particularly love admin, but it's it's definitely something that we have to do and we have to do invoicing. So for me, the time consuming thing, but it isn't actually a problem, it's, it's having conversations. It's, you know, having those 30 minute meetings with prospective clients who've got questions for you. Um, you know, even you and I are chatting on this podcast over here, this is, I'm putting it down to a marketing exercise, you know, it's so yeah. that people can, maybe you've got a freelance recruiter or talent source listening. It's actually realizing that you don't have to panic when every hour isn't billable. I think that's a mm -hmm. big realization mm -hmm. for a freelancer is that something that you are doing now could be for a greater goal. So there's nothing that really, process that irritates me or is time consuming you've just got to do what you got to do and how to find this uh how to find this uh border between um uh, i i really like how you phrase it that not every hour has to be billable but how to understand if it's something you're doing that will help you in your freelancing career or if it's something you are doing, will not help you in your freelancing career. How to understand that it's our is really uh, good. So I think you've also got to look at, you know, your current situation. And I think that we quite ingrained as human beings that when you work for a company, you pitch up every day, you get your 15 days leave a year or 20 days, you work nine till five and it's a complete rat race. And I think that when you work for yourself, a lot of people decide that they're going to be a freelancer because they need a better balance, they need more time, maybe they need to change location, but they take that mindset of must work, must put my head down. Where, you know, sometimes just taking, I did it yesterday. So I had a, a two hours between meetings. I decided I'm going to go, um, needed to do a bit of admin running around. And then I went to the beach and I literally sat on the beach and had an ice cream because I needed that headspace and in that headspace, I actually achieved a lot more of thinking about my business. What do I need to do between now and Christmas? 
And it was just realizing that just sitting in front of my computer doesn't mean that I'm adding value or I'm being busy. Sometimes it's detrimental to be doing that. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, I, I recently had this notion that uh, our brain is still working even if we are not thinking on something. So it's like a computer because there is a, a visual interface that you see that you interact with and there are background processes running on that. And yeah. our brain, I feel like works this, exactly the same, that it doesn't mean that you have to sit and like focus on a task you want to solve. Yeah. You can give this task to your brain, like, hey, brain, please solve this task yes. for me. And then you yeah. can do additional things. So yeah, I totally, I totally get what you're talking about. Yeah. And I wonder what is the most nerve consuming thing for you as a freelancer? Nerve consuming? Yes. So like what makes me the most nervous? Yes. Sure. So I had a little bit of a situation last month, month before where things weren't busy. Uh, but I realized that they were busy. They just weren't frantically busy, which was actually really good timing because I've recently moved home and I got a little bit anxious about that. I was a little bit nervous of, oh no, I've still got a good couple of months before Christmas. And I get nervous when I'm not working at like a flat out pace. And I think for me, a good lesson is that you don't always have to be working flat out to be adding value. You mm -hmm. know, it's it's how people perceive what you are doing and i'm i'm getting a lot of emails from people lately saying you know i see you've been all over the place you're really busy and you don't want to give the impression that you are too busy that you're not approachable for work and mm. that for me has been a bit of a wake-up call so again i get the nervousness comes in you know in which we all have bills to pay and families to feed and to, i think to alleviate the nervousness in the freelancing spaces you've got to have a buffer you know, mm -hmm. there are going to be lean months. We're coming up to summer here in the Southern Hemisphere. So a lot of people going on leave, companies closing. And it's about planning throughout the year to make sure that that doesn't become your problem. Yeah. And it's 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 really interesting that you pointed it out, how to not to show that you are busy too much. So it's immediately this question came to my mind, how to how to build your brand that way, how to show off that way that you also not given the signals that you are too busy. So people still understand that they can reach out to you. Interesting. So for me, I always will throw in a little bit of a personal post, even on LinkedIn. So, you know, something that I did uh, on the beach, you know, but I'm going to relate it back to work, you know, how nice to be able to start a work day like this, you know, clear my head. And then before I go and, you know, do a full day's work, I think it's about not just sharing you as the person in a business sense. So there's a lot more to us. I mean, we're human beings, we've got friends, we've got family, we've got pets. They need to kind of feature somewhere. Mm -hmm. So so you want to show people that you're also a human being, you know. I'm quite happy when it comes now to summer and I'm going to be taking a month's leave to tell people, this is it, I'm on a month's leave, you know. So I yeah. put it out there. In January, I'll probably post, right, we're back, back at it. Who's got some work for me? <laughs> got it. So basically just tell exactly what you feel that even though you are working on projects that you are doing yeah. things still you are open for other projects and it's okay it's, it's not like begging for projects just letting yeah. people know that you are open for them yeah yeah got it and as a freelancer you told me that you are going to professional conference and you're talking to people still do you ever feel professional loneliness See, my, I can understand why people would, but no, to be honest, I don't because my job is so interactive. So, mm. I mean, I also have a husband, so he's here and I have someone to talk to. I don't, you know, live alone. Um, 
but all of my meetings are meeting with people and I can sit on Zoom meetings all day, which is great. You know, it's it's wonderful. I get my full of people like that. Um, I'm also friendly. So I'll talk to people in the shops if I'm feeling a bit lonely. I'll make friends with the neighbors. I'll chat with them. So, yeah, it's um, no, I don't, because it's, if I do feel lonely, then I'll do something about it. I don't think I've ever felt lonely in any aspect of my life, to be honest. <laughs> Got it. Got it. And if your friend wanted to become a freelancer, what are top three things you'd advise them to consider before doing it? So first of all, is start thinking about your brand before you even decide you want to become a freelancer. You know, where are you? Where do you have a presence? And then linked to that. So point number two is you need to be a subject matter expert in something. Mm -hmm. So what is it that you are going to take to market? And a lot of people spend a lot of time trying to figure this out. I know I spent two or three years too long trying to figure out what I could do if I ran my own business. So don't be too prescriptive about it because, you know, you can always pick and choose the projects, but you need a key. If you need to fix this, this is I am your person. So that's number one is brand. Start building an online brand so people Uh, can find you. Second one, subject matter expert in something. And the third one is, you know, and it makes makes sense, I didn't do it too well myself, is start putting some money away into a bank account that you can float yourself. And people say you should be able to float yourself for six months. Mm-hmm. Um, I couldn't. Uh, I was very lucky that what I did instead was I went on to a four-day week with my current employer. Then I went on to a three-day week for a couple of months. So mine was a gradual kind of slide into this and um it was really important and easier for me to do that so maybe approach who you're working for at the moment and have that conversation yeah and i feel like it might be a very scary conversation because some people some people are really asking me like oh you know i'm currently full employed should i tell them that i'm going freelancer yeah. or not because you know not not every person is that open and yeah you you, you must have had really great relationships with your employer Yeah, I, I, I did. And and I think that I, I mean, I've been with them for 10 years and uh, I had proven myself and it wasn't a conflict of interest of what I was going to be doing. And I was honest with them. And I said yeah. to them, okay, this is my last year in this company. I am going to start my own business. I don't know what it's about. And they were like, we don't want to lose you. How can we work with you? Perfect. Yeah. Amazing. Amazing. Perfect. Yeah. Treat, exactly. And yeah. You know, Vanessa, I really wish to have the sky as a limit, but time is a limit. And the final question, if you were starting freelancing today, what is one thing you would have done differently? Probably something that I touched on is I wouldn't have overthought what I could do in my business. I, mm-hmm. I would rather be guided by what people contacted me and said, oh, I need a little bit of help with this. So an example, I mean, my business is just under five years old now, I'm working as a freelancer. I'm now freelancing to a, a company, helping them with their online digital strategy. And I'm like, wow, this is not something I ever would have put in a business plan of what I would services I would be offering people. However, you know, it's something I can do and I'm really having fun with it. So why not? So be open, have fun and let the let people guide you <laughs> i would say got it you know vanessa thank you very much for sharing your challenges and for having such an open conversation it's been a pleasure thanks yuri good to meet you and thank you so much for listening if you like the show hit the like button five stars and share it with your friend that's it we're done see you in the next episode